You are listening to the Gen Zen Broadcasting System. It's time! It's time for High Spots and Cheap Pops for the Intelligent Wrestling Fan. And now here are your hosts, Vlad the Impaler and Silicon Steve Valley. High Spots and Cheap Pops! Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Silicon One, Steve Valley. I'm doing solo. We're going to do a couple solo shows to bang out a couple more episodes during the week. And then we'll have the big one, of course, with the Impaler joining. But check out the Impaler's writing. He's going to be on our Facebook page. He's going to be rocking that, talking about everything that happened this weekend. He actually just had a great write-up about CM Punk. So you're definitely going to want to check that out. We are going to talk again about some of the things that are happening in AEW. And we are going to talk again. Yes, we are going to talk again. Yet another new acquisition seemingly for AEW All Elite Wrestling. And it looks as if it is being reported all over the internet that WWE WWE officials have confirmed that Adam Cole has left their company. This is breaking news. Breaking news. Adam Cole has left WWE. They have come out and said it. There have been officials. WWE did not do the typical Adam Cole and WWE has parted ways. But look, this isn't a surprise to anybody. If anybody knows Adam Cole and anybody knows his history, and if anybody legitimately sees the direction in which WWE, even NXT now, is heading why in the blue hell would Adam Cole stay in WWE? And this is what WWE, it seems like WWE fans and WWE officials are in there so inside their bubble. They have no idea that they are ruining their company. If WWE is going to be steadfast in the direction that Tony, that Nick Khan, not Tony Khan, that Nick Khan has laid out over the weekend, they don't get it. They don't get that they are professional wrestling. It's just a pop version of it. And Professional wrestling is niche. Vince McMahon is trying to turn professional wrestling not niche. Just because you had some pop sensations, don't get me wrong. Wrestling is very popular. And in many cases, mainstream. But three out of four, four to five people think it's garbage. And more importantly, as the demographics has shown, WWE's younger base, the people who spend money, They're not there anymore because you keep on bringing back John Cena and Brock Lesnar and and Bill Goldberg and The Undertaker. You fucking even brought Shawn Michaels back to embarrass himself for his final. Now, instead of his final match being with The Undertaker at WrestleMania 26, instead of that being his last match, his last match is looking like a stupid old goof with a dumb bandana, barely able to jump off the top rope and while his best friend hurt himself. So... But that was for the money. That's that's the that's what WWE's doing. They are now primarily to make money. They're not about making art. They're not about making moments. They're not about doing any of that. They're about making money. That's what Nick Cunn has been brought in to do. And they have made record profits. So things are going good. So you would think if you listen to the SummerSlam results, the highest grossing SummerSlam ever. The most watched SummerSlam ever. Roman Reigns continuing basically being the heel in this instance, saying retweeted that fact 
saying legitimate needle mover. So that is the case that the WWE, because of this weekend, it's they're ignoring their competition. They're ignoring the changes that are happening in the world of professional wrestling. And because WWE didn't have any competition at all for two decades, they have been so they're living inside that WWE vacuum. We're going to see in one year's time where these two companies are. The next year is going to be very telling when you have this influx of talent. We're going to focus on Adam Cole right now. Adam Cole is definitively going to be showing up in AEW. I have a, I have a source saying that is a pretty much a done deal and everyone is super excited. To add to this, just as the elite did with their little Easter eggs all over the place before the CM Punk thing, the t-shirts with Kenny Omega, you know, whatever the other lot, there were a lot of different things, too many to mention little Easter eggs. They're doing the same thing about Adam Cole. If you were not aware, and this is what this episode, this portion of the episode is going to be about. We're going to tell you why Adam Cole to AEW is a done deal. It was probably a done deal three months ago. There is not one goddamn reason. And this is what WWE has to understand. If you're a guy like Adam Cole, I mean, shit, AJ Styles is better than Adam Cole. And that show's not even watchable, and he's on. Adam Cole's best friends for years are all in AEW. They have a storyline built in that he was poisoned. And I'm not even, that's that's a legitimate storyline that they have always played on screen about. So I don't know how that's going to be a whole little fun little thing they're going to do on being the elite. His girlfriend for many years is also over there and she is the big dog in the yard in her division. And he gets to create and do some really exciting things or he can maybe get promoted to the main roster and what happens? What happens on the main roster? What's going to happen to a guy who's 180 pounds on the main roster? Maybe Adam Cole's 200 pounds? AEW is where he can thrive. And AEW, he's kind of a dark knight because he's not as well-known as a Bray Wyatt. He's not as well-known as a CM Punk or a Brian Danielson. He's kind of an underdog to a certain extent, similar to Adam Page. Hangman. And he already has an interior beef with the elite when they kicked him out of Bullet Club and when Marty Skrull famously joined Bullet Club. Marty Skrull just took, everyone forgets that. Marty Skrull essentially just took Adam Cole's spot in Bullet Club. And Marty Skrull became one of their big guys. Then, of course, he had the sexual allegations that have revamped and you're probably not going to see him anytime soon. But Adam Cole was a major part of Bullet Club for for a long period of time. He ran exclusively with the Young Bucks when he was in there for the most part and Adam Page. So there was that. Adam Page, Hangman Adam Page and Marty really kind of became a big part of Bullet Club after Adam Adam Cole left. But Adam Cole is going to be in AEW now. His contract is not set to expire till Friday, and there are rumors about a possible offer. But I think that's bullshit. 
I mean, let's look at this logically. I know WWE, some of you fans are not good at logic. I get that. And some of you AEW fans aren't good at it either. But let's look at this logically. Let's all bring it home. Let's bring it in right now. What's going to keep Adam Cole from staying? From, from, going to, from going to AEW? WWE give him. Creative freedom, no. Happy working environment, no. Guaranteed main roster push, no. Main event push. He might get a push, but he's not going to be sustained. Not in the main roster. You can't prove that. Do, do you have faith that WWE will do something with Adam Cole on the main roster, particularly without the Undisputed Era? What are they going to do with him? They have no idea what to do with him. No idea. So he's not staying for that. The only reason he would stay is money. And anytime your reason and your main reason is money, overall, it's, you are going to compromise a major part of your life. If your main why for anything that you do is financially, there is going to be some happiness that is going to be sacrificed because of that reasoning. It's that simple. It always has been and always will be. And I don't think Adam Cole is in a position to do something just for money. So we saw, to add to my point and to bring some clarity as to why I believe wholeheartedly that Adam Cole is going to be an AEW. Not to mention also my source says it's a done deal. The Young Bucks... On their bio, put a picture of they and Kenny Omega in Ghostbuster outfits. And they also posted a YouTube video in their bio that was of a seance to bring someone back from the dead. Folks, there's an outside chance Adam Cole might debut on Being the Elite. That would be great. So I think what you're going to see is on the Being the Elite the go-home show of being the elite before All Out, which is going to be next Monday, I am of the impression that there's going to be a seance and Adam Cole is going to debut at All Out. But they are going, but they've done that. Also, there was a photo on the internet today, and it is legitimate because I slowed down my screen and checked it out. CM Punk had the letters AC written on the side of his sneakers. Now, knowing CM Punk, that could have been an age that could something to do with AJ. Maybe that's her middle name, or maybe you know, could that's what that could be something that could be plausible. But with all of the hints by AEW, particularly the elite, to dead people, you would just surmise after the other egg. The Easter eggs they left for CM Punk all came to fruition. There's a Daniel Bryan one last week in AEW. Just little things on being the elite. If it goes by that, those little things are the way they're kind of percolating the fans in an indirect way. And I really love the way they're doing it. They are indirectly perking the, the audience up. But Adam Cole should, is not going to be a big surprise. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Same thing with Bray Wyatt, folks. Wyndham Rotunda is coming to AEW. 
Why would any of these guys go anywhere else? They're not getting a million views on any other wrestling show. So Adam Cole is a done deal, folks. Let's be honest. Done deal. Now I want to shift gears to not my favorite con in professional wrestling. Very quickly becoming my least favorite con in professional wrestling, Nick Khan. This guy is a moneymaker. He doesn't even know anything about wrestling. And he's going to be the face of the company when Vince dies, it looks like, in terms of financials. He's doing an interview. He just did an interview. And if you heard this guy talk, you know he knows jack shit about pro wrestling. And he knows jack shit about sports entertainment. But he thinks he does. And they think he does, too, because he's running a profit. They had a great weekend. WWE had a great weekend. They had Vicky Lynch come back. They had Brock Lesnar come back. They took a little bit of the thunder away from CM Punk. But CM Punk, it was CM Punk's weekend now. I don't care how many people watched it. The change that happened in professional wrestling, everyone's going to look back at this weekend. What, what moment do you think they're going to remember? And that's the problem. WWE thinks that Becky Lynch coming back and squashing Bianca Belair, that's going to be memorable. Yeah, you guys did that. But Brock Lesnar coming back, no one's going to really remember that years to come. CM Punk's return is going to be a moment everyone remembers forever. It's just that simple. And Nick Khan seemingly has bought into the idea that WWE can make bigger-than-life superstars on their television. They're trying to think outside the box. They're trying to make it basically like movies. And at the end of the day, that's what Vince has wanted to do the entire time. That's why he's hated the professional wrestling world. So it seems like the direction of NXT, at least, which means the direction of future will WWE, maybe that already is what it is, is that it's going to be more about structured, overproduced, written TV shows. They're trying to put together a TV show. They're trying to get these amazing actors or these, these amazing athletes and turn them into really great actors. Some of them can't act their way out of a wet paper bag and, meanwhile, can't connect with the audience. Baron Corbin. I mean, Baron Corbin and Bill Goldberg are the two microcosms at WWE. And they clearly don't give a fuck about what we're saying. They never did. But the more you see Baron Corbin, the more you see Bill Goldberg, you realize that WWE, from a creative standpoint, no longer knows what the hell they're doing. And just look, God, thank God Paul Heyman is involved in Roman Reigns. That would be a disaster, too. You know, we forget that. What a major part of that is. We've been sucking Roman Reigns' cock for about a year now about how great he is and all that. Paul Heyman, I can't even tell you how important he is to this. And Roman Reigns is probably the only guy on the, on the roster that's not a part-timer that you bring back simply to make money because you're not building your new stars. I'm telling you, folks, I'm predicting WWE gets, gets sold within the next five years. If they go with the business plan that they're going with, in the next five years, WWE will be sold. Maybe even sooner, because they're not, they're trying to turn professional, their professional, their brand of professional wrestling. And that's all it is. It's not a different entity than what AEW is doing. It's the same concept. They just overproduce it. They produce the shit out of it. And that's why they, they wanted to say, oh, no, we're different. You're not fucking different. You're not. You just do it 
better produced than everybody else. You always have been good at that. You're better at marketing than everybody else. And you've always have been. And you, yes, in the heyday of WWE, it still allowed the professional wrestlers to make their magic. It still let the professional wrestlers to tell their stories. That's not happening now. And you have stupid-ass yes-men like Seth Rollins and, and Roman Reigns, who's going to wave the banner of the company left and right shit on the other company. Every time they do it, they just look like assholes. Roman, let's, you've got a great year. But let's not forget how you were pathetically pushed and annoyed, annoyed half the WWE universe. You had go away heat. You didn't have the John Cena vibe. If you did, the company would have been a lot better. And by the way, if you did, you wouldn't have needed John Cena to pull those, those numbers anyway. How about that? John Cena got you that number, boss. You pull that number to Cena or The Rock, let me know. You're never going to do that. You're not that good. You've never been as good as John Cena. You've never been as good as Stone Cold Steve Austin. You're not even as good as Hulk Hogan, homeboy. Ah, maybe. You've never drawn by yourself. Hulk Hogan drew with King Kong Bundy. Hulk Hogan drew with Macho Man Randy Savage. Hulk Hogan drew with contemporaries is the point here. Contemporaries. You draw with people who already drew that already, homie. I'm giving you, I'm giving Roman Reigns credit. I'm not trying to shit on Roman Reigns. He is the only good thing happening in WWE right now. That is it. End of list. End of list. I don't watch Raw and I honestly fast forward SmackDown 80%. I'm not giving you my time, WWE, if you're not good. I never did and I never will. You're in the service industry. If you're not good, I turn the fucking channel. AEW would be the same way. Now, they haven't gotten to the point where they've been that bad yet, but I'll do the same thing. I am not loyal to any wrestling company. I am loyal to my entertainment and my time. Unless I start getting a paycheck from Tony Khan or Vincent Kennedy McMahon, I do not get, I am in it. Who is going to entertain me and put the best show on and give me the best professional wrestling? And I'll tell you who does it. Up and down. AEW. I haven't been this excited about professional wrestling in 20 years. And it's not because Brock Lesnar showed up with a ponytail. And it's not because Becky Lynch showed up and had to be tweeted as being part of a terrible trending on Twitter a terrible outcome in her match. The numbers could be, and look, WWE's doing a lot of the, the Donald Trump thing, where if you just acknowledge the facts that you want to acknowledge and you don't acknowledge other things, then you're not going to grow. The problem is, is that WWE needs to be playing a, the infinite game, not the finite game. Trump can play the finite game. WWE can't play the finite game. They have to play the infinite game because this company is supposed to be going forward. I never thought I'd say this, folks. And we're not on the precipice of it. It's going to be a few years. But I am of the opinion, and I'm calling it right now, by the year 2026, 
AEW will draw more viewers on a weekly basis than WWE. I'm saying it right now. I'm predicting it right now. Five years. If they go in the direction that they want to go in in terms of WWE and AEW keeps on getting all the good professional wrestlers because WWE only wants the big young guys. Where's Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens going to be in a couple of years? Johnny Gargano. You think any of these guys have a shot at WrestleMania headlining? And that is why Adam Cole is leaving WWE. This has been 10 Minutes in the Valley. This is Silicon Sea Valley. Check High Spots and Cheap Pops out with Vlad and Paler and myself later in the week. Should The episode should drop Friday. We want to thank you so much for listening. This is Silicon Sea Valley for High Spots and Cheap Pops and 10 Minutes in the Valley. We'll see you guys later.
Uh, I mean, size absolutely matters to Vince McMahon. Oh, he's dead. We know that, but. I mean, look at CM Punk's title reign. He didn't even main event anything. <laughs> well, he didn't main event at WrestleMania, and that was obviously CM Punk's biggest gripe. I, by the way, let's talk about CM Punk. I know we'll go down that road for a hot second. I go back and I watch CM Punk. Great promo. But I feel like he was just an island of reality in an ocean of diarrhea. Like, there wasn't a a lot of very, very awesome things happening. WWE. And at the time, we were blaming the wrestlers. And I think it was kind of our fault now that we kind of know how their creative process has been since 2002, 2003. It's a little different. I don't put as much blame on the Randy Orton and the John Cena's and all that when you were doing corny ass shit because they were you know, a lot of the stuff that they were told to do. Uh, but, but anyway, CM Punk, I, is he really, in Jesus Christ, you think he was the greatest wrestler ever the way a lot of people talk about it. He cut a transcendent promo and I love and respect him for it. I love his, his ability to tell the absolute truth, at least his truth in his mind, no matter what. He's a man of high principle. But nothing but respect for the guy. But I have never been super compelled. I wasn't watching a lot of wrestling when he was doing what he was doing. But when I go back and watch, I'm not super compelled by his stuff. It's kind of entertaining, but it's mid-carter shit to me. Sorry. So CM Punk's pissed off the rock and Cena got a main event over him. Build a bridge and get over it, homie. You didn't deserve a main event if those two other are at your spot. Sorry. Reality. You know what? I think there was more to that than just that WrestleMania. I think there was many pay-per-views that he wasn't main eventing. Meaning like the last match of the night. Yeah, but he also main evented a lot of it. I mean, he main evented SummerSlam a couple of times. He he had his main event moments. Did he get WrestleMania? He's been clear. And I've, I've listened to a lot of CM Punk podcasts and interviews. He's been very clear. One of his biggest complaints is that he never he deserved to make it. And by the way, when I said he didn't deserve it, just because of the star power of Cena and The Rock, he did deserve after the year he had to meet him at WrestleMania. They, and in retrospect, what I would have done as I would have made that a triple threat match instead of having Punk against Undertaker, I would have made that a triple threat match between those three. That's what I would have done. And but they didn't do that. They went Rock Cena two, and Punk became number thirty in the Undertaker's thirty in Ocean. And that's and that yep. and that was the last WrestleMania CM Punk has ever had. And that's not a that's not a bad one, you know. Get beat by the Undertaker. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, Paul, Paul Heyman dressing like Paul Bear. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think um, Punk is like a, a Bret Hart type of wrestler to me, or uh, you know, like a guy in that echelon. Um, however, I think he's good enough to be there, especially when you incorporate his promo work. Like Roddy Piper was not the greatest wrestler, but man, he deserved to be a main event because it's just like his presence on the mic and what he was able to do like in the ring was enough at least. I have a, let me 
tell you something about Roddy Piper. Very underrated. Don't forget, he came up in a different era where yeah. he, but what you loved about Piper, what made his matches worthwhile in this way, similar to Bret Hart, is that you felt like he was in a legitimate fight. You felt like Roddy Piper was really in a legitimate fight. He wouldn't do your arm. He wouldn't do back breaks. He wouldn't wrestle like Bret Hart. But Bret Hart and, and Roddy Piper, the one thing they had in common was they both looked like they were in a fight. Bret Hart could wrestle in a fight. Roddy Piper just fought in a fight. Yeah. And so to that, you know, it's the same it's the same kind of thing with Hogan. Hogan wasn't great in the ring, but he was able to keep the crowd happy. <laughs> Brother. <laughs> He's going to hulk up any minute. I know it. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, but, you know, the, like, you know, maybe Roddy's not the uh, greatest um, example to compare to CM Punk. But the thing is, like, it's a rarity to hear somebody say, oh, if you want to see, like, the greatest technical wrestler or whatever, like, you know, you got to check out a paper match. But your point, I totally agree with the fight aspect. Yeah, and it was believable. And the thing was, Piper, too, would just fight dirty enough to get that advantage and then just start like having the ability to cheat to win. Yeah. He, when he turned, when he was a baby face, he wasn't uh, his, I didn't find his matches quite as entertaining. That makes right. sense. Yeah. When he was a heel, I liked it because again, you know, it, you were able to kind of expand on, on how much of a scumbag he was, you know what yeah. I mean? Because you can work on that heat. Uh, but Anyway, back to the reality of what we're doing right now with Roman Reigns. Silicon Steve Valley here with the Impaler 40s. Fuck. Hi, Spots and Cheap Pops. Ah, sorry, friend. So, so that's what we got going on with Roman Reigns. Very, very excited. We will probably see our very first face-to-face promo between Roman Reigns and John Cena. John Cena has said as you alluded to earlier, calling Roman Reigns an asshole and said he needs to be taken down a peg. And he also said he's going to be Friday night on SmackDown. You can bet your sweet ass from Taylor. And it is a sweet, sweet Eastern European ass if I ever seen one. Man, you're full of compliments tonight. Look at you. Well, some of us got to stay positive when you're being friggin' Eeyore over there about... No, you're not. You're pretty positive tonight. What am I talking about? Tell me to shut up. But uh, that's all we got for right now. This is High Spots and Cheap Pops for Silicon Steve Valley and Vlad the Impaler. This is High Spots and Cheap Pops. Check us out. We will talk AEW and everything going on with Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega on our next episode. Thanks for checking out High Spots and Cheap Pops. Silicon Steve Valley has always been a volatile human being. Anyone that ever knew me, knew TJ, or knew me, we're the same person, obviously. I don't even think I am separating the two. At least not yet.
Hey, everybody. Silicon Steve Valley with 40-something podcasts. And I'm also with them. Hey, everybody. 40-something podcast. Hey, everybody. This is Silicon Steve Valley for 40-something podcast and high spots and cheap pops. You know, I've gone through a lot of changes over the last year. In fact, we are six days away from one-year sobriety, which is a good thing. It's an amazing thing. It's the greatest thing that I've done as an adult, other than be a, I'm proud of my fatherhood. I'm proud of who I am as a father. But sobriety, um, it what it did was it, being drinking, for me, was a way to shut my mind down. I am a hyperactive human being. Now that I have been a year sober for the first time since I was 14, 13 maybe, um, I'm a very hyper person. I always was. Surprise, right? Yeah. But I've been fighting it because I wanted to be normal and I wanted everyone to like me and I, I wanted to, or, or I wanted to be a provocateur and piss people off. There was a lot of things I did for attention because I wasn't being true to myself. And I was a really nice kid growing up. And then I moved to a town and I'm not blaming the town, but, um, you know, I had to adapt within my society and within my community. And I feel like maybe I haven't been myself for a long time in terms of it's okay to be kind. It's okay to be nice. It's okay to be empathetic. It, 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 for some reason, my generation and, the, and particularly the boomers, the scumbag boomer generation who has dried this planet up as much as they could and left all of it for themselves. Those guys. Um, and when they're dead and gone, the history will write that generation as the very worst generation this country has ever seen. That's just a reality. And they can't change it. Donald Trump's a microcosm of your generation. Sorry. Tis what it is. That's why once the millennials are voting consistently, that way of thinking is going to be then the Gen Z's and the Gen Apple. By the time the Gen Apple's come around, that this whole archaic, idiotic way of thinking that you trumpets have are gonna be dead and gone. Bye. Except for out in the hills. No one wants to fucking go there. Well, Floridians are gonna wanna go there in about 20 years when they're half their states underwater. Man. It's got, it's got political really fast, folks. This was more about me. This is a self-indulgent jerk-off moment where I can talk to you about how I've grown. And I'm no longer, starting today, I am no longer going to squelch my energy, squelch my intention of cotton. And these are my five values. From this moment forward, kindness, gratitude, Honesty, hard work, and love. Those are the valley values. Those are the five valley values that you need to have for that next level consciousness that we're all striving for. I'm on my way. I figured it out today. After I am no longer 
going to mind your feelings if I am not hurting them. If you are insecure because you can't match my energy, sorry, I'm going to be me. I am an energetic guy. If you don't like me, stay away. It's fine. I have come to realize I don't like a lot of you at all. I love you, but I don't like you. I don't want to say that. That's not nice. See, I got a long way to go. I grew up with people like Dave Moreau, Scott Malecki, and Tom Aleskowitz. Very good friends of mine in formative years. And particularly Scott Malecki is one of the most coldest, meanest, and probably very hurt. I don't know what his deal is. I don't know if it's entitlement or, or is he or he heard about something. I don't know what it is. But he's uh, a crash, just mean person to his friends. Like, he's great with his family. Treats Karen and his children like gold. But with his friends, he talks consistently talks shit on them. I, it just, and that's the guy I grew up with, and I who I actually re respect a lot. I respect and love the kid. Um, he's one of my, you know, in the history of my life, he's much more than a footnote. That's for damn sure. So, you know, so the self-indulgent thing is, this is why it's on my personal page. Um, essentially, the five valley values are this. It's honesty. It's honesty with yourself first and foremost. Because if you can't be honest with yourself, you're not going to be honest with anybody else. Because you're going to have a fucking mask on. So if you're not honest with yourself, you're not going to be able to be honest with other people. Oh, wait, well, what does that mean? You know what it means. If you have that mask on, you're not going to be able to achieve what you need to achieve as yourself. And you're not being true to yourself. And honest with other people, too. If you're a liar, what are you? Why are you hiding the truth? Truth is something that sets us all free. So that's honesty. Second one, hard work. There is no substitute for it. You know, every good luck story you hear has perseverance in it. I'm not talking about the people that win the lottery and, and just get born into family. But if you are a down-in-your-luck person following your dreams and you're persistent and it finally pays off, that's not luck after a while, folks. It's not luck. Diamond Dallas Page, one of my heroes, and not just because he's a professional wrestler, but Diamond Dallas Page didn't even attempt to be a professional wrestler until 35. That is old as fuck for a human being. He didn't care. He worked his ass off. And within a few years, he was the number one wrestler in the world, being the world champion. And by the way, he was really good in the ring. And he had a revolutionary finisher that we call the RKO today. Changed the wrestling world forever. And now 
he's inspiring millions of people every single day, including myself, even though I don't look like it because I'm a big fatty. I guess I got to be kinder to myself, which brings us to our very next one. Kindness. Kindness is extraordinarily important. And it's very, because of habits, it's been a little more difficult for me to break. It's also because of anger and, and sadness and dealing with emotion. And that's the thing. When you're angry, how do you get, how are you kind when you're angry? It's fight or flee. And moving forward, you got to really pick your battles. Fighting is not always the best thing. In fact, more times than not, it's not. And saying everything that you're feeling without a filter. So guys, guess what? I'm getting a filter. Imagine me. Imagine, remember how charming I was when I was really funny? So I got to just, my filter's getting good. So now that I'm not going to have selfish intentions of chasing booze and vagine as I did through most of my 30s. Um, into my 40s. <laughs> no, no, I found a great woman before I turned 40. But um, stop chasing. But, uh, you know, that's kind of the deal, is that kindness is so free and it's so important. And I really feel that if kindness isn't in your repertoire consistently, then you're not contributing to the world. You might create and you might become a powerful, awesome person. But if you don't have kindness to it, you're doing a lot more damage then maybe you're doing good. Kindness is important. Whether it's holding a door open for somebody or whether it's smiling a little bit more, or if someone looks upset, hey, you doing okay? Just a little bit. I, I have a quick story at work. I had a challenging day a couple of days ago at work and I was actually emotionally upset by it. And um, this kindness of one of my TCAs, she just said, it's going to be okay to you. And I'm, I'm actually getting choked up right now thinking about it because um, that kind of kindness isn't normal these days. And I'm not gonna say her name and I'm not gonna say where I work, but um, it meant a lot to me. And it really inspired me to continue to be kind and through the challenges and be my best self anyway. And, uh, yeah, so just shout out to her. She'll probably never hear this because I don't want anybody at my job to hear the show. But that was free, and it took 30 seconds for her to talk to me. It made me feel good. And uh, I haven't reflected on it really this much until this very moment, so that's why I'm a little emotional about it. Um, that's being honest right there. Uh, so it just really is important to be kind every step of the way because you never know what someone else is going through. And just a, a talk from a stranger can change someone's day and maybe even change their life. So there's that. So we got honesty. We got hard work. We got kindness. What else is it? Gratitude. Gratitude is important for every reason you've always heard. It's looking at 
the world and making sure you're paying attention to the beauty in it and making sure you're paying attention to the good things in it. Mr. Rogers once said, paraphrasing, but he once said his mother, why he was always so kind. He said, in times of struggle, look for the people who are doing good in really bad times. And that's what being gracious—that's what being grateful is. Guys, the world's fucked up. We know it. Our country might be going to a civil war. That's a reality. It's a fucking possibility. Pandemics, heroin, cancer, greed, Jeff Bezos. This world is fucked up. But this world is beautiful, too. And this world has a lot of things to offer and a lot of beautiful, amazing people to meet and co-create with and build a communities with and, and make art with and make love with and make everything with. But if we're not focusing on that, if we're focusing on the brown people getting welfare, and it's not just brown people, by the way, but if we're focused on that or if we're focused on the last thing Donald Trump said or tweeted, if we're focused on all those fucking things, it's not going to get better. So go out there and find something to be grateful for. Every day, wake up with gratitude. It's hard. Life is hard. Gratitude makes it easier. And then the final one, probably the most important one is love. Love is the most important and powerful force in this world. It can cure all. And it's free. And you can give it to anybody. Not sexually, you fucking perverts. So, and I don't just mean love to give to people. It's love for yourself. It's love for what you do. It's waking up in the morning with a purpose that you love what you are about to do. And I am going to try to spread as much of it as I can this moment forward. And I'm going to try to stay away from a lot of the negative thoughts, negative feelings, insecurities, anger, sadness, all the things that have haunted me, which was exacerbated by some life choices that weren't great and exacerbated by chemicals, particularly booze. It really muddied up the waters of love. Made love confusing, made love, you know, even more abstract than it could be. You can't even, is it love? Is it lust? Is it insecurity is the reason I'm, I mean, if you can have the clarity of love and the clarity of love every day, that helps too. So if you just joined me on this impromptu solo little spiel by Silicon Steve Valley, the new five Valley values, I want you guys to pay attention and listen to it. The first one, honesty. Second one, hard work. Third one, kindness. Fourth, gratitude, and fifth, love. Those are the five tenets. That 
is the way to do it. And that's the way is Silicon Steve Valley SSV is doing it from now on. Pay attention, folks, because the ride is just getting started for the Silicon One. Steve Valley here endeth the lesson.